Well, Lena, okay, so it's, it's, it was wonderful trying the uh, entrepreneurship, big roller coaster, but you, at some point, you sort of say, you know what? <laughs> this, maybe this isn't working. Is that, is, is that something that you have, have seen before in other people or, or yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think, you know, you, you see it around all the time, really, if you kind of just take a look, but I think for me, it happened multiple times throughout the journey. So right. each, each pivot within the entrepreneurial journey, like let's say the first product idea, the second product idea, the third partnership and all that kind of stuff. Every time, you know, there's a moment like you're working, I'm working on my first product idea, for example, there's a moment where you're kind of like, you know, do I keep going with this or do I switch gears? So it happened every time I was kind of at the end of some sort of a project, or maybe I was trying to decide whether I should keep going with a product idea. Um, but then the final, the final moment, I think, was when I eventually decided to go back to corporate and that decision took it took about over a year, actually, because when I first quit to go into entrepreneurship, I had a six month uh, timeline. I was like, you know, I'll just okay. do it for six months and then I'll yeah. see. Yeah. But once you get into it, you know, just things start happening and it's a roller coaster and like you just feel like you haven't had a good shot and then you just kind of keep going. It's like gambling, like you just kind of can't stop. <laughs> um, but there's moments where I was kind of like, maybe I should you know, there was like a few months in where I was like, oh, like, I don't know, is this for me? Should I just like, maybe I did three months, like maybe I just close it. My husband was just kind of like, well, no, like do it properly. Like don't just do three months. Um, and then, you know, there was a few times where I was applying for jobs and really considering some offers, but like just didn't end up pulling the trigger because I was kind of leaning towards like, no, I think I just need that one more shot, that one more hit, you know, and then eventually eventually just kind of you know realized very soberly that it was just it was just not happening anymore so yeah definitely very familiar with that just state of limbo and it's it's very torturous it it can be and you know even a bit um you just saying oh but i've told everybody <laughs> yeah. yeah this is my identity it's embarrassing now, right you know? and you yeah like, like oh you've sold out you've gone back and it's not that yeah. at all it's yeah. so I've got some some uh, yeah well I've got I've got some questions around around that which is especially around the relationship between you as the entrepreneur whatever that means and then you mm -hmm. as the corporate person whatever that means mm -hmm. how do they cross fertilize how does corporate experience how has your experience working for the man, you know, in the big, the big company, how has that helped? How did that help you with the entrepreneurship? And then part two of that question is having been there, having, you know, dived in and then, you know, got out, how does, how has that improved or affected your, your approach to, to the corporate life? Yeah, good questions. I think for the first one, um, I mean, it, I think my corporate experience before I went into entrepreneurship, like I, I was really lucky in that I worked in a few jobs where 
we were either in a startup or a startup like team. So I kind of understood that idea, like the concept of, you know, a little bit of hustle to get things done, like lack of resources, don't have all the roles. Like when I was building early products in FinTech, we didn't have designers and didn't really have a proper dev team. It was very just kind of side of the table type of project. So like, you know, doing what you can. So I think that kind of experience taught me how to just, you know, have the grit to just figure things out. It's like, you know, oh, don't have a designer, figure it out yourself. Don't have a copywriter, figure it. Like it was very just, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm used to. Like, I'm not used to working with a bunch of resources at the massive org, right? So I think in that way, I was, I was pretty prepared to understand like the concept of, you know, you have to do a bunch of different things, do what you can type of thing. So I think that was helpful. And, and just generally like basic confidence, you know, even just knowing that I had seven years of corporate under my belt, you know, I wasn't like a fresh university grad doing my first startup. Um, although that has advantages too, but it was like, you know, I have some experience. I can know, I know how companies work. I know how decisions are made. I can maybe sell some things, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely green. So I think that helped. And then on the other side, it was, which I'm, I guess I'm going through that right now because I've only been back for about, you know, four or five months. So it's like, yeah. what really skills that I learned are, are relevant in corporate. And um, it, it's a tough one because my job right now, like I'm actually in a very, very big org, which is probably, um, you know, I'm actually in the org too. Like I'm not in a startup team, like within it. Yeah. So I'm really just in the regular org. So that's something that I haven't experienced per se before, but I think just generally, like, I'm able to weather disappointments more, I think. <laughs> I, I know, I think I know what the other side feels like now. And that's kind yeah. of why I went out. I wanted to see the other side. And because yeah. before I was like, oh, like, I, you know, corporate's so complicated and so slow. Like, I'll just go do my own thing. It'll be great. And then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's really terrifying. So you kind of realize like, you know, each side has its pros and cons. So I think knowing the challenges of the entrepreneurial side, even though it's great, but it's like, it's really tough. I kind of don't get as affected by the corporate issues. Cause I'm like, at the end of the day, I can log off, you know, I'm not the only one responsible for everything. And that, that really helps. But yeah, I think, I think those are some of the things that come to mind in terms of that cross cross skilling. Yeah. Curious to hear your experience. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I've actually had a very a very mixed career. Although I've worked on an extremely narrow specialization um, in in IT, uh, not not a developer or anything like that. Um, and uh, it, it's it's a very old school kind of technology that I work on. Um, and so, in that sense, it's been extremely narrow. But because I worked for an, an outsourcing company, we ended up having clients who were, you know, government departments and and tiny tiny printing businesses with, you know, and and so we were able. So I ended up getting some exposure through my clients to to you know quite a few different industries, especially in manufacturing and in and in. Um, uh, a little bit even of education, but mainly, yeah, yes, manufacturing and finance were the two, right? And so for me to get involved into, into a project on a bigger, a bigger company was 
like it was not such an adventure for me. It was not such a something so new. But one thing that really struck me, really shocked me when I worked for a bank was um, we have this idea when we're when we talk about corporate, when we're outside of it, we sort of think, wow, that's the big building with and everything runs like clockwork and they've got massive teams and and if one thing goes down, say on a computer system, just flick a switch and it will automatically all come, you know, when you can't actually get into it, you realize you just think, oh my goodness, come on in, everybody, it's awful. You know, it's like just mm-hmm. such you just think wow you can see from a when we when you it's so i suppose here's the thing is that when you're a announce when you're thinking of a business when you think of a business owner when you're contacting a business if they've given you some really bad service and you get through to a help center and you might sort of threaten them i'm going to be taking my business elsewhere and Mm -hmm. In the call center, like if, if somebody said that to you as the business owner or an entrepreneur, you just, oh, no, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a disaster. I need to fix this. But when you're actually through to the call center, like they don't care. Unless yeah, yeah. Some KPIs or something to, you know, or some SLAs, they don't care. I should explain what KPIs and SLAs are, but basically key performance indicators and service service agreements yeah Uh, service level agreements so how fast they've got to answer the calls and you know uh they don't care and so that's one thing that kind of shocked me when i was actually in corporate and now that i've gone back to it is is that people are not all sailing in the same boat they don't they're not sort of for the good of the company and some of them are there like, so for example, let's say a project is a big project is coming through and it's like, you know, $2 million project. Some of the people, their motivation for everybody will say that their motivation is I want to keep my job. Okay. Mm-hmm, Fine. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, some of the people are saying, well, actually we've, my team, I'm the team leader here and my team already has too many projects. We've all, we're already swamped. They're already working extra hours. And so my job is basically to, to get out of this project because we've still all got our work. We've still got mm-hmm. these projects that are not getting delivered on time. And so they don't really, they're not as invested the way that you might be if you were the actual business owners. Wow, this project. Is- 100%. No, I think you're hitting on honestly a really important point, which I was just talking to one of my mentors about just last week, actually. And, and, um, Yeah, I think that's the biggest differentiator for me as well. And I think for me, you know, I've, I've never really worked in a company and not felt true ownership over what that company is trying to do. And I think the point at which I end up leaving a company is when I just don't feel truly aligned anymore. I don't believe in what they're doing. Yeah. Or, or I don't believe in, you know, like what leadership is doing. I don't believe the way that the teams are, but like, I don't think it's, you know, it really, I, I struggle, I struggle to just clock in and clock out. And I think there's a lot of people in corporate and then, you know, this, this speaks to, I think the compensation system is because of course, like why should the majority of people really care? Like, it's not like, not a lot of companies have like, you know, bonuses closely tied to performance they don't I've never had one that's for sure and like I've worked in tech for you know nine years Mm. 
Um, so I think it's just the way the system is designed, like what, how could everyone feel accountable? Like why at the end of the day, when they're just paid the same, if I, if they just leave, yeah, as long at as the end of the day, even though everything's perfectly ready to go. Right. So, yeah, as long as I don't, as long as I'm not going to lose my job, you know, I'll just do what, what I need to do, but then people are drawn by. Exactly. Yeah. And, but uh, then people are drawn by, well, I need to help out my colleagues something like this right mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now here's here's a, a perspective for those who are not in corporate and have never gone to corporate and and, mm -hmm. and, and probably sort of the feeling the mystique wow if only <laughs> if only mm -hmm. I'd ever worked for a big bank or a big insurance company or a big government or government mm -hmm. corporate but if only I'd done that is that from both of us we're saying well I'm saying it anyway is that like it's is 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 no big deal and we're not saying that because we're the corporate kings but because we can say actually things are just are in quite a mess there as well mm -hmm. and the proof of that is that when you call a company let's say you have to call a company to cancel something or to get a refund or to get find out if an order has come through just check next time that happens or call the government for something, you know, Richard, find out the next time that happens where you get, um, you get told one answer. And then when you contact them again, you get told a different answer, a contradictory one. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. happens all the time, mm -hmm. which would not happen if you're dealing with one person who mm -hmm. is, uh, who's got, you know, who's on top of everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so it doesn't matter that you don't necessarily have corporate experience. You don't mm -hmm. have to get it. However, I also want to mention something that's a real advantage if you are going from that entrepreneur journey through to, or, you know, you do a bit of dabbling and then you come back in and maybe you take a, a, a job for a while, a six-month contract or something, mm -hmm. and it happens to be in a bigger company, is that, when at the beginning of a big project, uh, let's say a $2 million project, okay, now that might actually be a tiny project, but um, well, for us <laughs> in the entrepreneurial world, we just say, wow, we should. Yeah. At the beginning of a project, here's what happens. First, I said, do we actually need to do this? And there's some brainstorming sessions, and they can be quite tense. And you've got um, before we, before the technical people come in and just say, this is the way we're going to do it. Early on, it's like, we could do it this way. We could do it that way. And then everybody's got their opinions and so on. And here's where your experience, even if you're a solopreneur and who's only really just started out and just learning about marketing and so on, this is where it can come in super handy. When you feel like you're the junior in this massive, in this meeting of like 12 teams or something, and they're all saying, I want to go this direction. And others saying, no, we want to go that one, that direction. Is that people are all at cross purposes. They've all got different motivations. Mm -hmm. Personally, they want to keep their jobs, but some of them are looking, you know, maybe a bit more ambitious. Some of them want to get rid of this project. Some of them want to embrace this project. There's a whole lot of different motivations and that's where the tension comes. And if you can learn to ask questions just in a very gentle way, not run the meeting, but just ask a question just here or there, 
just before we go into this direction, can I just ask a little bit around the risk of it? You know, <laughs> just ask very gently. That can bring such peace and wisdom to the whole situation. And you just think, huh, well, and it makes you look like you're a genius. <laughs> it's really yeah. amazing. But that's yeah. really comes from the little bit of learning about marketing and how to talk to people and so on when you're, when you're out on your own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's super valuable absolutely absolutely yeah I think I think when you're on your own at least this is my, my experience you kind of have to really drive the conversations like I think in corporate it's you know each each job is different but generally it's like you know the because everyone is part of the system it's like you kind of just slot in with your own like wave right but I think when you're on your own you're creating that all you're creating everything without you doing anything nothing exists so you have to really put it all together and and facilitate and again it's just you know creating something with your bare hands like on your own there's no help no one knows the answer you just have to kind of trial and error and um i think that's the other piece of it it's like you know i think being an entrepreneur i am so much more aware of how important experimentation is and so i think a lot of the time someone asks you know should we do it like this should we do it like that it's just like well you know like what 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 could an experiment look like like we don't know like I'm so I feel like I'm so familiar with the fact that like we don't know anything so it's like it shouldn't be what is this it should be like how can we run an experiment to figure this out like how can we get to the answer as quickly as possible without just relying like on yeah. our minds or whatever yeah and so this is this is a, a, a really this whole idea of taking responsibility, taking ownership of, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, but allowing others to take the credit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and then that's, that's really, yeah, because excellence, um, you know, it can't be hidden. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when you see that, as I've seen it, you know, with many people, and I just think like in so many different contexts, and I just think, wow she really knows how to write and so on or that's it's really amazing the way that they ask that question or they they diffuse that tense tense situation then you know it should be a police negotiator that person it was just so so tense in there in that in that zoom call that we had you know in corporate whatever and i i think that there are just so many gifts and skills that you can translate that you don't have to wait for permission Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to to uh to 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 give something a go to try something and then for people to say wow like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I feel like corporate is a very kind of permission-based environment and again like we're totally generalizing here like, yeah, yeah. Painting, like yeah, but, it's just the tendency you know, right and I think it tends yeah. to be a more like permit you know you have your role you have your job yeah. description like senior like who's this director who do you report to what organization like there's so many constraints that it's just easy to kind of swim in your lane and do your own thing right and so yeah. I actually have a question for you which I'm very curious as to what what the answer would be is what types of people do you think get promoted in corporate jobs and do you think an entrepreneurial type of personality is at an advantage or a disadvantage or <laughs> because there's the tendency there's the notion that you know like yes people get promoted and that's not really the entrepreneur because you know we're always questioning things and, yeah. and just getting to the truth you know we're not just like let's do it just so I get paid it's like is this really the right thing to do not that 
non-entrepreneurs don't do that. It's just like, it's again, tendency, right? So like, what's your view on who, yeah. who gets promoted and are we at a disadvantage or loss? Yeah. Um, so taking a part, assuming that everybody is treated fairly, men and women and so on. Okay. We, and I know that that's the, that's yeah. Put that question aside and just look purely at the skills and the, and the, what I have found that, that now that I'm back in a, in a corporate setting in an IT role at the moment, I'm, um, um, it's very project-based and um, who gets promoted? Well, I haven't been there long enough to see who gets promoted, but I would say that um, the more, you know, Jay Abraham said probably in the 1970s or something, you know, one of these sales guru guys said that um, if you can understand people's problems, sorry, if you can explain people's problems or pains better than they can, Mm -hmm. they will assume you've got the solution mm. <laughs> yeah it's a brilliant yeah. piece of marketing but i have found um not that i've been promoted at all but i have found that it has that ability when you hear them talking like if you hear some technical people talking about the technical side then i switch straight into tech mode and i'm talking the jargon with them but once we get an application owner who, whose responsibility is if this goes down, it's going to be on my, my head, right, <laughs> um, and is not too interested in the technical side, then I'm going to be speaking to them about risk. I won't be talking about the technical side at all. I they won't hear the jargon unless they ask me. And even if they do ask me, I'm going to explain it using a very human example from cooking or something else. So what I'm saying here is that if you can talk their language, and I'm not saying to be a yes person, you know, to say yes, mm -hmm. man, I'll, I'll agree to everything. But if they feel that they are understood because you're the only technical person talking about risk instead of just talking about the technical, how do we do this? Or you're the only person who's saying look we need to balance the you know the budget or about the about the project if you can start to talk their language uh that is it's 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 like uh it's a get out of jail free card it's it's amazing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that happens in interviews too i love job interviews i've hardly done any in my life mm -hmm. but they're like a podcast interview here i just i look i I, I'm always asking, when they ask a question, I'm asking what's behind that question? What are they? Yeah, really what's the motivation? Yeah, what do they really want to know? Not yeah. why are they trying to trap me. Like if they ask mm -hmm. a question in a job interview, you know, um, what's the question? Tell us about yourself or tell us a situation where you've, you know, where you, where you had a clash with, the, with your boss and, you know, how did it turn out, you know? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Those questions are not there to trap you, ideally. They are there to say, well, here's how I turned around. Here's how you're going to be able to work with me when we get into a similar situation. Mm -hmm. Now you're mm -hmm. going to see how quickly I think. And so the entrepreneur side definitely has got a huge advantage over the corporate. But the problem 
is because things are so siloed. If I went in and told them, like I've got a, a YouTube channel, which has had like 2 million views on it. Mm-hmm. I haven't even told my colleagues. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't even be interested anyway. Mm-hmm. If you talk to them about marketing, about copywriting, it's like they would not have a clue. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They don't, it's not they wouldn't have a clue. They wouldn't have an interest in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, why feel, because in their lane, that's where they're focused. Right? They don't need that at all. They, they never need needed that. It's not, yeah. not part of their... So for a, here's, here's where an example is that, like if you're uh, trying to document something, right, the big problem in IT uh, is that we're terrible at documenting. So in a job interview, I always say I love doing documentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they... You remember that guy who said he loved doing documentation? We got to hire him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody yeah. would ever say that, and yeah. uh, unless they're a technical writer. But mm-hmm. I realise why their motivation, why they don't like documentation. First, they feel self-conscious about their writing, but more importantly, they are people who are generally very good at figuring things out. You know, maybe late at night with the team or on their own, and they're figuring it out, and they're just going to be. Basic, that's where they get their buzz. That's their motivation is let's just plan, let's just work it out because we're, we're great. Mm-hmm. Students. Whereas mm-hmm. my attitude is I'm going to plan everything ahead of time. And if the project, if we had a, a change that was supposed to, you know, bring a system down for four hours, if I can get that done in 20 minutes instead, and it's the middle of the night, then that's great. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't want it to be four hours. <laughs> mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. So it's two different motivations. One is I want to be there. I want to be the hero. And the other one is I want to be the hero that so much so that it can run without me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really great way of putting it. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you understand people's drives, when they ask a question and, you know, I do this with my children, I've got uh, seven children. And when they ask a question, you know, how old do you have to be to learn to drive and, or whatever? I'm going to find out, well, what's behind that question? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, or, Dad, have you got any, any money? Wait a minute. You don't want money. <laughs> you want money for something. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> Smart, yeah. 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 So the question behind the question, I, I think, is is a, a very powerful skill, whether in entrepreneurship, in corporate, in family life, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when people are asking a question because they're really afraid sometimes to ask like the real question because they're a bit embarrassed or whatever, if you can answer that real question in a very gentle way, um, yeah, that's, that's like a superpower in corporate in all sorts of situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no it makes sense yeah no i really like that you know the why behind the why the yeah. why behind the question why. behind the, the question behind the question yeah yeah that's right so here's a perfect example in entrepreneurship right uh, this is saying mentoring somebody will say uh, what's the best platform for a website how do i set up a website where do i do it I'm a technical guy. Do you think I don't know how to set up a website? I can figure that out if I mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. But the real question is, why do you think you need a website? And why do you think you need it right now? Like, mm-hmm. is this, are you just stalling? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. You know who your market is and you think, oh, well, 
I've got to I've got to learn website before I go out and create anything or yeah. What are you avoiding? What are you avoiding? And so mm-hmm. that's really. Um, so, so I won't say what are you avoiding? How dare you ask me about the website? <laughs> but I won't jump into oh well, you could do it in Squarespace or in Wix or in WordPress. I'm not going to do that. I'm going mm-hmm. to say wait. Why is this on your radar right now? What are you trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not how, but why? And being able to do that, being able not to answer their direct question but answer the question that was really behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, that, that, that is extremely helpful in pretty much every context in life. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the way that you've put that. I'm going to try and start implementing that into my daily life and my, my work life and everything. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, you don't sort of pull out a gun and say, why are you asking that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are you asking me? Who wants to know? But as soon as you can do that, same thing when people, like I I find this with mentoring, if people are saying something, if they drop a little hint ahead of time Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the conversation, they just, oh, sorry, I've been so busy. Or I didn't get the time to do this or something that they've kind of promised themselves or promised you that they would do. I want to know what, what else is happening what's behind that because those things that apparently are on the periphery are very often the real issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very true very true yeah yeah wow well we've sorted the world's problems in our other yeah area. yeah we've nothing else to be done now so nobody yeah. can have that anymore and in this one we've given you a complete roadmap to go either into corporate or to get out of it <laughs> yeah basically no i'm not going to tell you which way to go we know how you can <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no just ask you why you want to do it so yeah, exactly yeah so, question behind the question yeah. yeah so we're both available on growth mentor anthony mm-hmm. English. and let us just start it yep anytime us. mentor profile um, and we work across different time zones as well and so yeah and I'm a, I'm a technical guy anyway, so I don't really sleep. Really yeah, sleep. Anthony, Anthony and I have you covered for all times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, we cover everything. Yeah, the perfect marketing is for every kind of business. It's for every kind of situation. <laughs> Wherever you are, everyone. whoever you are. For everyone, yeah. <laughs> well, we will ask you the why behind the why. That's, 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 that's an honor. <laughs> yes, See you, Elena. Yeah, you too, Anthony.